encounter barriers at every life stage, but I think surprisingly, as we get older and maybe empty nest time, but there's lots of issues that crowd in and uh, we can uh, we can just feel that, uh, you know, maybe our health isn't there, our finances, we're having adult children's struggles. Uh, having an empty nest can create some marriage challenges. Uh, there's a lot of factors that come in and we can wonder where God are you? Have you ever asked that question, where God are you? It's a question I'm sure most of us ask occasionally, even if we're young. But I suppose you probably agree, Kevin, that there is something about that time of life after midlife when it may particularly uh, be easy to wonder where God is and whether God has any meaningful purpose for those in their senior adult years. Um, which is what our next guest will be discussing with us today. Yeah, that's right, Sarah. And, and you are right. It It is an important discussion for anyone at any age, but for sure, I do think it's uh, maybe maybe especially important question for those of us in the later generations. Anyway, I, I'm looking forward to our conversation with a good friend of mine today, Bruce Pepin, who will be talking about this these kinds of things. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. So everyone, welcome to another edition of Engaging the Generations. I'm Sarah Greenstreet, co-host with Kevin Harper, Executive Director of Elder Quest Ministries. Since you've known Bruce for some time, Kevin, I'll let you have the honors of introducing him to our listeners. Well, I'm really delighted to introduce to you uh, a friend that I've known for a number of years when uh, he lived here in Colorado Springs, Bruce Pepin. Uh, Bruce is now with a ministry called Uncharted Ministries. Um, so Bruce, um, introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with Uncharted and um, maybe some of your other history when you were here in Colorado Springs as well. Thank you, Kevin. It was great to be with you today. And yes, we go back a number of years and have uh, the same heart for reaching those in our our age range, you know, that older demographic that's such a large uh, group of people that uh, God, I think, has great plans for. Um, in Colorado Springs, I was there for over 30 years with Focus on the Family, and which many of your listeners will be familiar with, and I wore a number of hats there, was blessed to be a part of that group. And I think while I was there, I got acquainted with you. And then now um, joined a, a, a more of a missions-oriented ministry in Texas called Uncharted ministries, and they bring the hope of Jesus to high-risk areas of the Middle East uh, in surrounding countries where the gospel is really not uh, accepted or it's hostile. And there have been some amazing stories of how God is at work uh, in those dark places, and it's very, very inspiring, very encouraging. And then um, my uh, passion as well is to uh, this whole idea of what does it mean to finish well uh, in life and finish well for the Lord and has connected us in a lot of ways. So it's just great to be with you today. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about is just uh, you. Uh, so Bruce is an author. I wrote a book a number of years ago called it The Best is Yet to Be Moving Mountains in Midlife. And uh, that's part of what uh, Sarah and I'd like to really talk to you about today, Bruce, is some of the things that you were talking and expressing from your own personal experience uh, in that book. And in your book, you describe uh, in your chapter called Going Deeper uh, that you uh, you struggle with your own personal uh, battles with depression, uh, feeling stuck, not, not seeing a way out of 
being stuck, whatever that was. And yet here you were, you were working for a large Christian ministry organization focused on the family at that time. So share with us, what was it like to be in that dark place uh, that you were in at that time? And how do you think, how do you think you got to that place? Yeah, it's, it's a little ironic that here I am with a Christian organization like Focus on the Family, and yet I'm not sure I can keep my family together. I was battling depression, uh, you know, the marriage uh, issues as well that tie into all that, and even my faith fundamentally. And I, I think things began to creep up on me over a period of time, and I perhaps wasn't aware of it as much as I should have been or staying on top of that. And I began to feel a little more disconnected with what I read in the scripture and didn't see it necessarily working out like I thought it should work out in my life. I had, I'm a planner and thought, well, God, you should be doing these things for me, or it should be going in a certain direction. And it wasn't. And that eventually led to a point where I pretty much ground to a halt and uh, was facing a decision to say, am I just going to have to quit and, uh, and step back. And that did lead me to a time of, of uh, taking a month off of work. I saw a counselor uh, and uh, took some time away out into the 14ers out in Colorado, climbed some mountains and things. And, and God used that time almost as a metaphor of being in the wilderness. That's where I found myself. And how do I get back? And part of that journey of getting back and that God is God was pursuing me, even though I didn't realize it. And uh, there's a whole lot there that that I had to come to realize about how did I get into that place? And there's a lot of people probably who could relate to what you're sharing about that. I, I mean, look, we tend to think, well, we know Christ as our Lord and Savior. Um, you know, we know what the gospel is all about. You know, we shouldn't be in those kinds of places in our lives. But that's not reality, is it? No, it's not reality. In fact, you can be a mature Christian. I imagine a lot of people that are listening now have been believers for many years, but it's not unusual to come up against some barriers uh, in your life that seem, wow, they're like mountains. And so that subtitle, Moving Mountains in Midlife, we should probably add midlife and beyond. Right. Because we encounter barriers at every life stage. But I think surprisingly, as we get older and maybe empty nest time, but there's lots of issues that crowd in, and uh, we can uh, we can just feel that uh, you know maybe our health isn't there, our finances. We're having adult children struggles. Uh, having an empty nest can create some marriage challenges. Uh, there's a lot of factors that come in, and we can wonder where God are you. And in my case, I was fitting God more into a box and how He should be for me, and. He's not going to allow us to do that. He'll thwart us in attempts to take control. He wants us to understand his plans and his ways of doing it are the best. And sometimes we're a little hard-headed about it until we really come to that deep place and, and realize, okay, Lord, I give up. Show me the way. What is your plan? And that was part of the journey out uh, from the wilderness for me, where I just, okay, Lord, I'm going to quit clutching on to how I think life should be. And I'm going to open my hand and say, Lord, take my life, whatever it's going to look like. If you want me to drive a truck, I'll do it. I mean, whatever that's going to be. And quickly is as if the Lord was drawing me to himself. Now he used friends, he used counselor, 
friends, relationships there that drew me back and refreshed my heart. And I was able to just step back from the cliff. And so there's a hopeful message here too. I mean, we can feel like we're right up to the edge, but fortunately for us, if we just hold steady and say, okay, Lord, he'll, he'll walk us back, get us on track. And the good thing is anyone can finish well. In fact, one of the things I I ask the question, Lord, is it even possible? I, I feel so vulnerable and so weak, but the message is yes. It doesn't matter how far off the track we may have gone and found ourselves. We can always come back. And God has that, his arms out stretched to us, inviting us back in, in a different way, in a more personal, uh, heartfelt way, out of the head into the heart. So that that worked for me. And I believe that is something that your listeners can take encouragement from. It can work for them too, no matter where they find themselves today. Yeah. And I think that's an important point you've made. It's not just this thing that we talk about called midlife crisis. It's it's beyond. But I, I would also, Sarah, I, I, you can agree or disagree with me here, but I, I would say that this this description that Bruce was giving can apply to almost any stage of life, even for those in their 20s. Absolutely. I have I have a lot of friends who are struggling with similar things. I would say even more so like depression, anxiety. It's so talked about um, lately. Like it's it's just been such a thing the last five or 10 years that it's like high schoolers, our high schoolers are experiencing it. Like it's, it's across the board. Um, yeah. It's, I think that's something that does tie all of the generations together is the struggles. Yeah. And it's hard to sometimes when you're in those kinds of things feel like, well, the best is yet to come. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, in, in older age, we can certainly feel that way when we realize the end is close for us. But uh, I, I at working with students, I know some of them wonder, is there really anything better beyond what is today? And, and you mentioned your counselor that you had met with. Uh, that had to be pro- a difficult thing for you to say, I need a counselor. It, uh, to come to a point, yes, I need help. And that's the thing that to, to encourage uh, everyone, even Sarah, some of your friends, to seek the advice of, a, of some some older people, some wisdom there, or a counselor. For me, it was, I really need help in perspective. And the counselor shocked me a little bit because yeah. he said, if you keep going as you're going, I don't know if you're going to hold on to your faith. You're living like a practical agnostic. That was an interesting phrase that he used. So did that set me back. So how did me on my respond heels, to that? Me. I mean, did yeah. that did that make you want to just say, well, maybe I am just uh maybe I'm not really saved. I don't know. What did that do to you? <laughs> well, it 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 was a kind of a cold water in the face moment for me because I knew I I still believed, but I didn't assess how far off. I had gotten and how I was living. And I thought I was right. I felt justified in many, many ways. And then I realized, nope, you're not. And and how I needed to come back um, in in a different way. And I was making uh, my faith much more of a performance. I can perform my way out of it if I'm just outwardly going through the motions. And it has to be much more of the heart and a connecting to the Lord and not getting out of perfectionism. I don't know about with uh, Sarah, some of your friends, but there is a certain amount of performance or how we need to be and look and image and all of these external factors 
that can that can really be counterproductive to the heart issues that God wants to to deal with in my heart. And that motivated me to do a lot of introspection and the coaching that I got came back and uh, and then I had to change. And so it wasn't necessarily then my terms on how my life was going to be. It was going to be uh, much more, okay, Lord, you lead the way. And, and having hope, that's another key piece of this too, having hope. Because for, when you're depressed, when, when you just don't see any way forward easily, God is a God of hope. He, he is there. He's with us. In fact, probably pursuing us a lot more than we realize. And, uh, and so if we just then open our, our eyes and ears and look, we can see him at work and, uh, and he'll draw us to himself. Yeah, absolutely. So I was just uh, reading recently uh, a little book that uh, Paul Tripp put out uh, concerning faith. And in that, he was saying something that I hadn't really given thought to, but kind of relates to some of the things you were sharing. He said, you know, one of the most unnatural things for us as believers is really to live by faith. He said, you know, it's natural for us to make excuses. It's natural for us to justify things. It's natural for us to seek to be acclaimed, appreciated, loved. It's natural for us to um, do lots of other things, um, exercise control, want to be in charge. Mm-hmm. But faith is an unnatural thing. And it sounds like what basically what your counselor was saying, you know, you're living in, as probably most of us do every day, you're living with the things that are natural for you to do. Mm-hmm. And it will often lead to things like depression and things like that. Yeah. But faith, faith is something only God can give us. Only God mm-hmm. can power us to do. And uh, so in your book, you have a chapter called Growing uh, Going Deeper. Um, does Is this part of what you're talking about when you're talking about going deeper? Yes. And, and it's a, uh, it's a, uh, where we think we are and we're mature. It's as, it's as deep, so much deeper than, than we realize. I remember, uh, years ago, I was, uh, uh, there's an Island off the coast of California called Catalina Island. And I was having a nice time snorkeling out and, and then, going a little further. And I saw something that looked like, well, what is that in the distance? It, it didn't look like the nice sandy uh, uh, bottom there. And I drifted out and swam further and further until all of a sudden, whoosh, I went over the uh, uh, a huge uh, underwater cliff into darkness. And I was floating above hundreds and hundreds of feet of darkness and big old fish. And I, the experience of floating out over the deep change everything for me. And that, that was a way of saying, God inviting us to do something so much more than we have experienced in our life and, and to trust him in the deep. We can, it's comfortable. I was having a great time in the shallow waters and all that, but it, God is going to invite us into deeper, deeper things. And I identify a lot with Habakkuk in the Old Testament. He he saw so much going on. God, why? It's question after question. Why is this? Why is this? How come it's all this is uh, going on? And yet God brought him to that point of going deeper. He says, Habakkuk, if you could only see this, look among the nations, observe. You're going to be astonished and you're going to wonder because I'm doing a work in your day. You wouldn't believe it if you were told. So Habakkuk saw nothing but everything going wrong, 
God had the 180 experience for him. He had to say, Habakkuk, you've got to look. You're going to be astonished at what I'm doing. And, and But I'm going to invite you into some areas where you may not feel all that comfortable, but that's part of our journey where God is inviting us into that deeper relationship of faith, Kevin, you're talking about. And I heard a definition of faith is called God confidence. We just, okay, Lord, I'm with you. Yeah, it's it's not just believing that God is and that he exists, but it's also then trusting him yeah. and believing he's good and that he alone can empower us to be what, what we need to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we may have a rather limited view of ourselves where yeah. those of us that have a few extra years under our belt, um, there is uh, there's a lot of life history and experience and we've come through. Uh, trials and deep waters and all of those things God wants to use that can not only deepen our lives, but influence others so that we aren't alone in life where uh, I think a lot of times we can feel isolated. Depression pulls us away and isolate, but we, we want to engage in relationships. So all the experiences that God has allowed us to have can all be used. And so that's part of this uh message as well, that as we look back on our life, those best years aren't behind us. There are very great years ahead of us as well, but, but God has to tell us, okay, how, you know, how he wants to use us in some new ways. And that's a, that's an especially important message for those of us who are in the later years um, to realize, okay, our days truly really are numbered and yeah. we, and we see the, the end of the numbers. Uh, to some degree, and might say to ourselves, well, there's nothing more left for me. But you're saying, no, that's not true. That even in that stage of life, the best is yet to come, or could be. Yes, I I think it's very much a a reality for us. We do have to to change some of how we think about ourselves, because one of those barriers we were touching on earlier is regrets and disappointments. So we can look in the past and have a lot of regrets, disappointments, and oh, wow, if I'd only done this, God takes all of that and can and turn it around so we're not looking in the past as much, but looking to the future. And so there's a message here very much of how God uh, wants to use each of our lives that are uniquely uh, gifted by him, abilities and gifts and experiences we have so much to offer. And if we're willing to say, okay, Lord, um, I'm going to look to you to show me that some of those new places that I can I can uh, serve you. And if you look in the Bible too, I mean, there's lots of people in their later years were called on an assignment, a new heavenly assignment, and and it's it's encouraging that way as well. Uh, Moses is 80 when he stands before Pharaoh, and even uh, Caleb and Joshua, Caleb. At 85 said, I want the the, the mountain, the, the hill country, hill country you know, there's some yeah. giants up there. Mm-hmm. I I want that, I want that uh, and even Ab- Abraham. I mean, he didn't have Isaac till he was almost a hundred years old. Right. And so <laughs> this is how we can encourage each other to say, wait a second, God is still actively at work more than we realize. It's that Habakkuk path. You're gonna be astonished yeah. at what God can do through your life, and it will look different. For each of us, because we have d- different spheres of influence and, and all the unique ways that he's worked in our lives. And I think one of the one of the important pieces of that, um, 
I know Sarah and I have talked about this, is that in the later years, we don't isolate, uh, but that we connect even more. Realize the importance of connecting generation to generation, that I I can't just live in isolation. Um, in fact, in your book, you use a term, heroic invisibility, um, which in a sense has a little bit to do with this just you know, I just live by myself. I, but explain what you really mean by that and, and why you use that terminology and how does that apply to our listeners here? Yes, it it is. Uh, that's a, it's a key concept to understand because this idea of heroic invisibility means that you can live a heroic life even if you don't get recognized for it in the world. Yeah. So when you're faithful, when, when you are... Um, diligent in your marriage, say, or you're up late at night uh, taking care of a sick child, or you're you're there for a friend, you are serving and uh, selflessly, but maybe you don't get the pats on the back. That's living a heroic life. So part of this finishing well isn't necessarily going to be a lot of pats on the back, but that still means you're living a heroic life. And a lot of people would say, wow, they wouldn't expect to hear that that you're being heroic by being faithful every day. You're you're serving others. You're 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 there. You're available, and uh, and there's so many things that often go unnoticed, but it's very much noticed in in uh, in heaven. And and so, but I think Kevin, your point of connecting to others so that we can reach out, and maybe they don't always. Uh, there might not be a reciprocation. But that's still something that's loving and a heroic action when we reach out uh, and and represent Jesus to others. Yeah, and I think that is that's a good word that you know even if we're choosing to 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 live connected as the body of Christ, which is all the parts, um, it's not about what they can do for me, is right. it? And that's not heroic in any sense of the word. No, and the, uh, another uh, related idea to this is this whole connection of influence and where just a smile, some just looking at someone and smiling at them rather than being head down, looking at our phone, busy going here and there to just pause. And how many people are uh, that, that cross our paths that the Lord allows us? And if we have eyes to see, could we could we represent him in some small to large ways? And finding out about their stories, and and so I've made it a point now instead of just going through the checkout line, looking at my phone, or whatever. I mean, trying to engage. Who is it that's serving me? Who's waiting on me? And complimenting. And if there is a a little s- small message of hope, I can deliver someone who's working hard, either bagging my groceries or checking out or whatever. That I I thank them and give them a, a an encouraging word. I mean, there's lots of ways that our life can be used by Jesus to influence others for him. So, Bruce, thank you for those thoughts and insights that God taught you in your own personal journey and the encouragement you're able to bring to others in similar journeys. I love that concept of heroic invisibility that you shared. You know, it's true, isn't it, Sarah, that we can get so wrapped up into thinking that a heroic life assumes doing something stupendous and being noticed by others that we, well, that we kind of miss that heroic calling of God in the small and simple things. Yeah, for sure. And that's definitely something that we can fall into at any age. It's a really dangerous trap. Um, So I'm looking forward to hearing more from Bruce Pepin in our next session. 
For those who are listening, we'd love to hear your thoughts and our questions concerning these things Bruce talked about in this episode or any of our podcast episodes. You can contact us at podcast at elderquestmin.com. That's podcast at elderquestmin.com. Until next time, for Kevin Harper and myself, Sarah Greenstreet, may you choose to live your life in such a way that you commend the mighty works of God generation to generation. Generation.